Thank you for listening to Free Rider. I am your host, T.A. Walker. Today is a special day because it's the first episode of season six. Yes, season six. If this is your first time here, I implore you to go back to season one and find out all of the gems that are awaiting your beautiful listening ears. Today, we're going to kick off the theme of this season. And the theme of this season is you. Yes, you as a writer. Now, how can this season thrive with you as the focal point? That's a great question. And to answer that question, I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to tell you, and the second one, I'm going to show you. So first off, telling you, you can reach out to me at freeriderpodcasts at gmail.com, or you can download the Anchor app and you can leave me your information as a voice message within the Anchor app. All you have to do is search for Free Rider. So now that I have told you how you can reach out to me, I'm now going to show you what that's going to look like. And I'm going to show you in the form of an interview that I did with the absolutely hands down talented writer, Jessica Cushman, who is the author of a book called The Things Friends Hide. She has two published works. Both of them can be found on Amazon. The second book is called Mermaids. That is also on Amazon. And more of that information will be in the show notes. But this season, season two is all about you. I would love it if every episode this season can be me interviewing or having a casual conversation with a writer, you. So if you've been listening since season one, episode one, what are you waiting for? I would love to talk to you, preferably so that we can all be exposed to your work, because that is, after all, the point of it all, so that people can know what you do. But if you would like to come to Free Rider as a guest who is going to publish their book, please come on. If you have a show of your own or a video channel, a YouTube channel, whatever it is, you can invite me, T.A. Walker. Whatever the case may be, I would love for this season to be about you, the free rider. I may drop in and give my two cents on a couple of things, but free rider wants to evolve and I want it to become a place where the rest of us can enjoy and do all of the things that we deserve to be able to do as writers. And more than deserving to have an interview, I think that it behooves us. We would be remiss if we didn't tell people what we do. Today's interview does just that. Jessica Cushman tells us who she is as a writer. So now let's listen to her in her own words.
Jessica, how has your writing process evolved over the years? Well, um, I would say it really hasn't. (laughs) I kind of started with one process and I've stuck with it because it worked to get me through the first book. Okay. Um, If you don't mind, if it's something that you're willing to share, can you just give us a brief synopsis of, you know, how your process looks when you're in the trenches of getting that rough draft finished? Absolutely. First, I am a a pantser, so I don't really do much, if any, outline. Okay. I uh, have a vague idea of what I want to write, my my themes, my uh, characters, and I just sit down and start writing. Um, I try to devote a a couple hours a week to it, um, but I'm by no means hard and fast, you know writing, um, as important as it is to me, does not pay the bills. And so I need to focus on a lot of other things. So I, you know, try to make sure I spend at least three hours uh, a week getting some writing done. And um, I sit down, I use a simple, uh, I use Word, uh, nothing fancy, and I just write. Um, I write that first rough draft from chapter one all the way through to whatever ending chapter it is uh, in just a linear fashion. Um, And then once that's done, I'll go back and I'll read through it to see what I ended up with in that rough draft. Have you ever been tempted to edit while you were getting it out for the first time, your story? I wouldn't say edit so much as I really struggle. (laughs) I don't care about grammar and I don't care about spelling when I'm doing that rough draft. I do care about word choice. I find myself often getting stuck on word choice because if I don't get the right feeling or the right um, thought in with that sentence, I have trouble going forward to develop the rest of my sentences. So upon occasion, I do get a little stumped thinking on a specific word that I want to use or a specific way I want to phrase something. But the general generic editing, uh, spelling, grammar, I blow right through that. They can give me all the red it wants. I will go back and fix that later. That's a very interesting point you're making. And I think that a lot of people probably share that same struggle with you. Would part of that struggle have anything to do with the, um, let's just say, the the character's particular type of, you know, language or slang or dialect they use? Because I noticed in your book, your characters all have a very distinctive voice we'll call it and it's it's very consistent so the people in the book who have a specific personality their responses and their questions and any dialogue they offer even their internal dialogue it's consistent across the book is that something that is factored into when you're saying that you have to make sure you're choosing the right words and phrases for your writing 
100%. If I am, especially if I'm having a conversation and I don't feel like the words that are coming out of my character are something that they would actually say, I have trouble going forward because if they're mm-hmm. not really true, uh, authentic self, then the the person they're talking to can't give their true, authentic response. Right. So you are 100% correct. Yeah, I noticed that and I appreciated that. And I always appreciate authors who give their characters a true human response. I don't want to read a newspaper. However, if that character and this episode, most of my episodes are not for children, but if that character has to say a litany of of profanity in order to stay true to their to their personalities, I think that you do a good job of being honest about that response. Even if it is, I think a lot of authors struggle and because they don't want to do that because they have some particular stance on profanity and they may have a difficult time separating themselves from their story enough to, to allow their characters to be raunchy, dirty, bad, evil. Do you understand what I'm trying to say with that? Like they, they steer away from drawing crass characters even when the story calls for it. Can you speak to that a little bit? I 100% agree and understand that. Yes. Um, I've read a few books that have uh, felt a little hollow or shallow yeah. because they didn't really dive into the character's mm-hmm. uh, true nature. I think because either they didn't want to offend anybody or maybe they were shy themselves using the language or the thought patterns that would have mm-hmm. truly the character. And I will be honest, like my one character who has rather profane language, a lot of things I would uh, Google my friends, you know, ask them, <laughs> you know, uh, I have one friend in particular that loves her uh, <clears throat> colorful language. And I'd be like, hey, what would you say here? Or what's a really odd word <laughs> that you've used? I would just, you know, put out some feelers because a lot of it, I mean, I just didn't know some of that language. I just don't use. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Are you able to help or just impart a small little encouraging word for that author who is, I know a lot of authors that I've met with doing the work that I do, they struggle with having their work read and it reflecting something about them personally are you able to maybe help that younger author and by young I just mean someone who hasn't published you could be 99 if you haven't published your young author and can you help them understand why they don't have to worry about internalizing their work quite as much as they might be tempted to well my first thing is, is that you are not your work. Mm-hmm. We are doing art here. We're creating. And yes, there's little bits of ourselves in, in most everything we write, but it is not verbatim. Mm-hmm. Anyone who reads your work and then just assume because a character thought or said a certain thing that that must be also how you think or would say, 
I would say is not a great fiction reader. Everybody, I, I mean, when I go into a book, I know that these are made up characters, that that's not necessarily the author's thoughts or beliefs. So you've got to trust your reader is wise mm, enough to mm-hmm. know that not you. You're creating somebody that they can really dive into. Trust your reader. They want the real. That's what they're going to dive in and trust them enough to give them that. Right. I agree. That's an excellent answer. And I agree that that is trusting your reader is probably one of the most difficult things to do because we we are of a of an age where we over explain and there's just so much information out there to consume and hopefully to digest um what is the part of the writing process that you put that you have currently what part of that do you enjoy the most i would say for sure the rough draft i love just getting the story out there i love uh being able to create or write whatever comes to mind and and putting it down on page the storylines the characters the situations that to me is the fun part the Mm -hmm. the initial draft Mm -hmm. how does your story speak to you uh and this may be difficult to articulate because i think i would probably struggle to answer this myself but does you know we're authors, we're writers rather, and we have ideas for stories, but all ideas are not created equal, it turns out. And so everything that our minds percolate with don't result in a finished product or a book. What does, what do your stories have to do in order to qualify as one that's thirstier than the the next what which what do your stories have to do to you to let you know oh okay so you're my next book huh what do your stories do to you well my stories are very character driven Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have this fascination with ordinary people and so for me, it is a character, or as in this last book, characters that won't quit talking to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night and they've got a line of dialogue in my head. Or, oh, but if they did this, when they won't leave me alone, then I know that's a story that I have to write. Yes. <laughs> and it almost makes me feel like, man, people that aren't writers, what do they what do they do with their thoughts? Like, no wonder why people are like going crazy, because how do you not do something with those thoughts? Um, so let's go back. First, I want to ask you, how many books have you written to date? I have written two fully um, self-published books, and I'm in the middle of my third Congratulations. Very good. So take us back to that moment. We're in the digital age, so I'm going to assume that you had a button to tap and that button was published. Tell us how you felt emotionally in those moments right before you gained the courage to just let it go or if you had someone else doing it on your behalf. How did you feel right before it was officially published. I 
uh, I would say overwhelmingly relieved for several different reasons, but relief was number one. A, I had made the decision. There was no more hemming and hawing about it. The decision was made. Two, um, I could now focus on all these other stories that were pestering me. You know, when when you're on the fence like that, it's hard to focus on your next work, uh, anything coming up. Your mind is kind of split. And once I was able to take the risk, publish that book, I was like, yes, I can move on now. So there was Mm -hmm. such this sense of, yes, there was satisfaction, but it was like this burden was just taken off of me. Mm -hmm. I rolled the dice. Whatever happens, happens. I get to move forward. Yes. Now, like like you, I felt a similar feeling, but also not soon after I did that, I realized that, wait a minute, publishing was not the end. It was the beginning of something. Did you have any similar feelings to that? Absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like that movie. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> that does not happen. <laughs> exactly. You realize what an, what, what being a writer actually is after you push that button. Now, well, I was so pent up waiting for the feedback and the criticism mm. and mm-hmm. the attention to come to find out that I had to hustle just to get any attention. So all that worry was for naught. Oh my gosh, it was. And not to discourage any writers because some of these things we 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 kind of, you know, we say it in complete context, but you know, breaking news, nobody cares is kind of the way you realize uh that your work is i guess i can say treated because once you publish it there's a whole world of things you have to do now to to attract people to your work so all that anxiety was wasted because nobody still knows that your work is there exactly right yeah. what was the inspiration behind the book, The Things Friends Hide. Well, this is actually a really interesting one. So I had a group of friends. I I unfortunately moved away from that area uh, where I used to live, but I had a group of friends and we were all really close. You know, we went out together all the time, had lunches together, we worked together, really close group of lady friends that I love and still adore. Mm-hmm. Well, one of our friends had been acting uh, fairly peculiar, and then one day uh, during our one of our lunch sessions, she broke down and gave us this this talk um, that her husband of some twenty odd years had um, <laughs> gotten addicted to meth, and that's why she had been. Uh, acting so odd and just uh, missing work and some things had been going on. She'd been giving us vague answers. Well, she finally broke down this day and, and it had been going on. It had been an ongoing process for over a year by the time she told us. And that day sitting there, I was just thinking to myself all this time, you know, we've been such good friends and I thought we all shared everything. 
And it just got me to thinking, and I know there's some things personally in my life I haven't shared. What else do we hide from each other, from these people that we choose? They're like our chosen family, these friends of ours, that we choose not to share because we're trying to hide some part of ourselves that we believe is shameful or not up to snuff or that people will judge. How much of our friendship is being hindered because we're not being real with the people that we choose to have in our lives. So that's kind of where the whole uh, story idea stemmed from. Wow. So with that being said about your inspiration, um, what was there much about the book that you enjoyed? Was it still a labor of, uh, you know, passion or were you discovering some things for the first time as you continued to get that story out of you? I definitely discovered some things, but I enjoyed, I really enjoyed writing the scene. Uh, and it got really difficult sometimes where the ladies, you know, you have four characters and they're all standing around or sitting around talking to each other, interrupting each other. It was very hard to keep a flow of conversation to not get lost. But at the same time, as difficult as it was, I felt like I was with my girlfriends drinking a mimosa, hanging yes. out, talking about all these things. And so it was hard, but I very much enjoyed creating that at the same time. Yes. And can I give you, tell you a secret about what happened to me while I was reading your book? And it's not anything to call home about necessarily, but the scene where one of the friends uh, has a bit of, let's just say, a low grade emergency where she, um, is in the water they've been snorkeling and she is needing to be graciously rescued and the guy rescues her and she throws a hissy fit and the other friends are looking like what's your problem like this is not a bad thing that he helped you and she accuses him of you know having pretty bad manners in his method of rescue Nevertheless, they get back on the boat and uh, this is one of her opportunities where she, her emotions are overflowing and she reveals a layer about herself. As you said, one of the things that friends hide from each other and she reveals that to the ladies and she storms off. And let's just say the the person, the friend who is the one that the other friends revere the most she buries her head in between her legs or like into her lap and she cries. And I teared up, Jessica. And please do not ask me why. I mean, I was enjoying your story and it is good, but I can't even tell you why that just destroyed me. The act of her, me visualizing her being so, I don't know, about her friend walking away. She cried, and I just thought that that was just so, I, it made me tear up. I don't even know if I'm asking you to respond to that, but I just want to let you know that that happened. <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot. That, that is 
great to hear. I mean, not that you teared up, but that it resonated with you. Resonated is the exact word. If I'm reading a book or watching something and it makes me either cry or laugh, that story has me. Even if the story is completely non-existent, if you make me laugh or cry, I guess I'm just a, I guess I'm just a little, little too story easy or something. I don't know, but if I laugh or cry, you got me. So, <laughs> um, tell us, do you think that there is a distinctive difference between what you offer in your willingness to tell your stories and what mainstream authors who write similar stories to what you write offer? I would say absolutely not. Um, okay. Outside of policy degrees, um, no. I, I, I guess the only, the, to me, the main difference would be is that I'm able to put my heart and soul as raw as it is into my books, whereas mainstream is a lot of watered down because they are trying to make it, and this is just my my humble opinion, they're trying to make it so uh, politically correct, not hurt any feelings, not rock any boats, I feel Mm -hmm. like anymore. So it's very smooth edge. Me, I can put whatever I want in there, however my characters are feeling, whatever they want to say, and I don't worry. If if I hurt your feelings, I believe that it's because you're being too sensitive. I never call anybody out. I, you know, there's nothing uh, directed at any one person, individuals. It's a story, and it's all about the people in that book. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you can, and I know you don't want to blow the plot. I did the best I could to not blow any anything that would, you know, uh, mess up a person's experience but can you give us a brief uh description or tell us about your story the things friends hide sure Um, so the things friends hide is a story about four women that are supposed to be going on a luxury relaxing all-inclusive vacation in jamaica to celebrate one friend's recent divorce and they get to the island uh, intent on having a great time and everything that could go wrong seems to go wrong and they're doing everything but relaxing emotions come up uh, history comes up things they've never settled in to talk about before start coming up and let's just say that I believe that they leave the island different people and better friends. Mm, yes, most definitely. And that was a good synopsis. Um, Free Rider, the whole podcast, is dedicated in a very large percentage to people who, uh, who just can't find the whatever it is to finish their book and then to publish their book. What was something that you resolved within yourself that you think can help that person who is certainly listening to this episode get one step closer to finishing their book? Oh, goodness. Um, Resolve is a very good word. You really have to have resolve. 
you know, I toyed around with the idea of writing for a long time until somehow, I, I mean, it was it was poised to me as this when I said I wanted to be a writer. Well, why haven't you? And I kind of realized like you had said in one of your podcasts, that nobody was going to show up on my porch with a big check and say, Jessica, write us a book. <laughs> it was to me. I was going to have to do this if I wanted to do it. I could spend 40 years complaining about having wanted to write, or I could just sit down and attempt to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was simply that mindset that finally got me to consistently writing down the story. You just have to resolve that it's not going to happen. It's not going to magically appear. Um, One day is never going to come and no one's going to show up and pay you to do it. Mm -hmm. Those are three realities you just got to own up to. You heard it here. Whoever you are listening I know you're listening and I'm so glad you're here again, but you're here not only to listen, you are here because you have something you want to do. And I am a witness and I know Jessica would agree that writing your book is going to be one of the highlights of your life. Just take that step and don't continue to let the fear keep you from doing it. So moving off topic, I just have a few questions that are unrelated to writing and they're just fun and I'm going to give you two options and you'll give me the option that most aligns with who you are as a person so the first one is you have a choice between lipstick or lip gloss lip gloss all right next cookies or cake Are you still there, Jessica? Okay, so again, that was cookies or cake? Cookies, for sure. Cookies, okay. Next, jeans or a skirt? Jeans. Jeans. (laughs) Me too. Next, beer or wine? beer alrighty we are learning a lot about Jessica today there's Christmas is coming up and thus far you've got lipstick cookies and jeans and beer for the Christmas list so you do not have an excuse of not knowing what Jessica wanted for Christmas okay the next one is Apple or Android Apple Apple okay you got an Apple fan and next we have a trip to the sea or a trip to the mountains. Ocean, hands down, every time. Ocean, okay. I should have known that from the book. Okay. <laughs> next we have he's handsome but short or he's tall but funny. Ooh, now that's a hard one. That is a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> Because I'm kind of shallow, but at the same time, not. So I don't know what the middle ground is there, but I knew that one was going to be a tough one. Um, Oh, my goodness. 
least, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this because my boyfriend would be uh, considered on the short side. So I feel like I'm a traitor. But you I know what? Money. When I when I had this question, I was like, you know what? Oh, I hope I don't get her in trouble. I'm, let me put a disclaimer out there, boyfriend. This is just hypothetical. And this is for one of her characters, not her. She has to pick it for her character, not her. Definitely funny. So tall but funny? Yep. Okay, tall but funny. I know. It's, it's like, man, do I want to look at you or do I want to listen to you? Which one? Okay. <laughs> and next... And this is relating to your story. And for those of you who want to be able to relate to this question, you know the only way you can relate to this question is to go find out why. So the next one is, are you an Amanda or a Bethany? Ooh, that is a really good question. Um, I would say... At this point in my life, definitely a Bethany. Bethany. You know what? When I asked myself this question, I was like, you know what? There are elements of all of them, and I don't know how to do this. But alas, I'm going to ask you the next set. Are you more a Jill or more a Claire if you had to pick one? Jill, definitely. Jill, yeah. I think everybody, Jill, you know what? Jill, mm -mm. you you need Jill with you. She's going to make you mad, but she is, you, you're going to be mad at yourself if you don't listen to her because she's probably telling the truth. So, I was gonna say, maybe I wish I was more like Jill. I'm not sure, but definitely Jill. I know. Jill, Jill is, she's a winner, definitely. So, the perk of being the host of free rider and doing the work that I do involving writers is that I get the pleasure of meeting so many writers who for lack of a better description, they have a hidden talent. Jessica Cushman, your work deserves the light of exposure. And I am absolutely honored that I've had the chance to spend this time with you in learning a bit about who you are as a writer and getting the world in understanding about the fact that there is another author that exists who is worthy of their attention. Your story was a wonderful read and the characters felt like people that I knew by the end of the book. Never once did I feel like I was being told how to think. Instead, you got out of the way and you elegantly told me a good story. Tell our audience where we can find you and your work. Where is your work so that we can support you? Sure. Um yeah, earlier, you know, when you asked me how I felt when I first hit that there publish button and I said relief and that that stands that really holds true. But the other feeling was so much pride, proud of myself like heck that I mm -hmm. did it. And that feeling, that feeling, I think, is one that um, 
coach you. It coach you on your your journeys going forward. So remember that feeling, that pride that you can take with you when you do it, when you finally do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, my work can be found um, at all the major retailers, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, the the friend uh, the things friends hide. That is both an ebook and a paperback, and my other novel. Mermaid is just an ebook at the moment. I'm working on getting it in paperback form, but all the major retailers. And I have a website called, of all things, hidingbetweenthelines.com. And I have some short stories and the occasional uh, authorial thought on there. I don't publish much on my website because I'm really trying to focus on getting the books done. Mm hmm. Yes, I absolutely concur with that. Uh, As Jessica has already imparted to us her information, if you did not catch it, don't worry. That information will be in the show notes. Um, With that, I just want to extend you an invitation, Jessica. Anytime you want to come back to have a chat on Freerider, you are welcome uh, I hope that we have a chance to talk again in the very near future. Same here. I've enjoyed it very much. And I just want to say how grateful and thankful I am that you're doing the podcast and that I found it. It has uh, been a breath of fresh air. I know that's a cliche, but it could not be uh, more right. Well, thank you, Jessica. It's been a pleasure again talking to you and we will catch you very soon. As you heard, the reason that you don't ever have to be afraid to publish your work is because just because you publish your work does not mean that legions are going to know that you published your work. What better place than to expose yourself on Freerider, a place where you can feel comfortable doing that, where you will not be told that you don't have what it takes simply to put your imagination on a page. You are talented, you are capable, and you definitely have what it takes. Won't you take the opportunity? Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you on the next episode.